that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course Bet Victor all the way up and until the conclusion of the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, if you were listening to our podcast yesterday, we've done days one and two of this year's Cheltenham Festival. Uh, it's all about day three and four, the Thursday and the Friday at Presby Park. Joining me, uh, Dermot Nolan's here as normal. Hello, Dean. How are you? All good, man. Good stuff. David Weldon is back for day three and four. How's it going, Dean? Very well. And Sam has joined us. Now, Sam was a fleeting appearance on yesterday's podcast, but Sam Boswell from BetVictor has joined us for days three and four of the Cheltenham Festival. Good to have you, Sam. You're set. Yeah, it'll be interesting when we get to this point, won't it, uh, Dean? I think we'll be, uh, be be interesting who's up, who's ahead. Will it be the bookies or the punters? And um, it, it, it's not the easiest start, I don't think, uh, on day three. Yeah, it's tricky enough. I mean, the first race that we're going to talk about for day three, the Thursday, is the Mask Novices Chase. Uh, David, as you're here and you weren't on the preview as the other three uh, lads were, it's good to have you back. Uh, have you solved the problem that is the Mask Novices Chase? Um, I would hope so. Um, it all depends on what Willie Mullins does. I like two of his. Melon at an each-way price, 12-1 to the bet victor there, is a fair each-way play. I think step up and triple suit him. Willie Mullins has a tremendous record in the race, as do the Irish. Um, back to York Hill and horses like that. Black Herc is one of it as well. Um, but Alaho would be the main bet for me at about 7-2. to two. The only problem I have with him is he's, he's probably a bit hard on himself out in front. Um, you've seen that in his Leopardstown run over Christmas when he was beaten by Easy Game. He was in front far too long on his own and just got tired and Easy Game came in out with him. Now, he put that right the next day when uh, smashing up in a beginner's chase. But that would be the fear that he's just a bit hard on himself. And 7-2, it's probably a bit skimpy. So I'd probably just stick with Mellon at about 12-1 to 1 each way. Okay. Um, I mean, I think as everyone knows who's been watching our preview night videos, Demo, myself and you think that the back form, Cheltenham form of Mellon is uh, good enough to make this a better double figures. 100%. Um, if Aloho does reroute here, he's the bet here. Um, but if he doesn't, um, I, I, it would nearly temper all enthusiasm in Mellon if Aloho was to switch because you're kind of wondering then whether they obviously wouldn't be that confident behind Mellon if they're putting mm-hmm. Aloho into this. But... Mellon's back form, his champion hurdle form, everything that goes with him. Um, he's a pure Cheltenham horse. His best form by a country mile as a racehorse is when he gets to Presbury Park. So a 12 to 1, um, he's a bet for me then. Yeah, I, I, I'm aboard at double figures. I just think when you look at trying to find a Cheltenham winner is always very difficult. But if you can find a horse that repeatedly re- performs at this week, at this meeting, uh, you're already up to a good start. Uh, Sam, I was going to ask you about Alaho because a lot of the layers will be sitting on kind of dual looking books with this horse the rsa and the marsh yeah i think this is one of the many perils that most of us that have played anti-post punting on cheltenham before have have had to wrestle with which is you know multiple target and willie mullins is by no means the only trainer to do it i think he just has such a strong squad each year he's just most known for it as such and alaho sits there at seven to two where he goes 
I don't even want to try and guess it. I appreciate the option of the RSAs there as well. As far as I'm concerned for this particular market, it is a real spread of money. There's not really anything too definitive. We're six to one for Heen. If he was to show up, he'll go shorter just because of the sheer nostalgia weight of money that will turn up from people on course, I think. Um, yeah. The one I like is Sam Crow. I think you're taking a bit of a leap of faith, but in a race of this nature, I don't think you even bother going each way with Sam Crow in this race, to be honest, at sevens. I think you just have to go kind of win or yeah. bust a little bit. Brewing up a storm, I like as a horse, but I'd be concerned given the reports of how much rain we're going to get on the course. I know he's won a bumper on soft, but looking through the form, he's not really been on heavy ground over hurdles or chasing, and that would be a massive negative for me. I get the melon angle, 12 to 1 with ourselves. Certainly interesting. And um, it, it, should be, it should be a really good race. It's just, again, it's going to come down to what, what turns up on the day. Uh, I think we'll probably go shorter once confirmed. But I, I'd just be watching that for him. I've, I've got a sneaky feeling for him won't be there, but we shall find out. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this this race, first race on day three, could deliver a number of different stories. Could be Ollie Murphy landing it with itchy feet because that's the 92 market leader at the moment with you guys. Uh, Forheen could take the roof off the place. Sam Crow could come back for a redemption win. Um, I think, you know, it's quite likely that Bruin's probably going to run in the Arkle. Um, Mellon is the horse I want to back right now. But if Sam Crow turned up or if Forheen turned up, we're all going to have to pull on heartstrings, aren't we, Demo? Yeah. And again, you know, you've got Sam Crow, Faheen and, uh, and Alaho, the uh, three horses, I think, that could shape this market if, if they do end up here. Um, Sam Crow, did, yeah, there will be a lot of loyal. There is a lot of loyalty with Sam Crow still oh, yeah. because of that Ballymore win. Mm -hmm. um, you can forgive that run at Christmas simply because of what Faheen did since. So it clearly is good form. He was traveling with him and just that ground at, at Limerick, I think, just, just kind of killed him. And if if they can get him that he's not scoping as bad as he just seems to be over the last two years because they just had a horrible time with him. Um, he, he has his chance, doesn't he? Yeah, and this could be one of the races of the festival because of the likes of Itchy Feet, Alaho, Forheen, Sam Crow, Mellon. If they all turn up, what a race we have in store. And uh, you're all going to have your loyalties and come up with one. At the moment, if the market was as it was, they're the ones we're going to pick. But we're going to find out a little bit more as we get on to day three and that opener comes to post who exactly is going to line up. The following race is the Potemps. Uh, Sam, I'll come to you first because Relegators uh, snuck in there and uh, there's been loads of money around for this animal, hasn't there? Yeah, be a, be one of our top five worst handicap results uh, if she was to go in. And you can certainly understand why people uh, have taken a real shine to her. I, I'm a fan. I think the jumping would have to improve. I think that goes without saying. Um, currently, we've got three in there, uh, joint fabs. We've got Phoenix Way in there for Harry Fry. I, I don't know whether Harry's just not had such prominent winners. Looking at the stats, he's not behind on where he should be for the season, but I don't think he's had his best season for, for, for this year for a while. It's been kind of a bit of a middling one. Um, you wouldn't have too many standout horses there. So he'd be he'd be someone I'm just keeping a little bit of an eye on the yard at the moment, but he's certainly a capable trainer, and I'd fear anything in the green and gold in this race. Uh, mm. Obviously, you've got last year's winner in there, a significantly shorter price than I think. We had a few people that managed to snuffle a bit of 33s last year on side of Burley when he won um, with that fantastic ride from Barry Geraghty. Uh, there's a few others in there that probably... Uh, prices that people have shown interest in and there's one i agree with actually uh, as w away from uh, the mayor which is scandy berg for ollie murphy i know ollie uh, was pretty positive about this horse does think the marker 139 could be a little bit high but i think that course and distance winner certainly 
caught my eye anyway over the last couple of runs. And it's a bit of an obvious one when you go through the form. And I appreciate the attempts. You maybe don't want that, but at twelve to one, I think that's a fair, a, better, a double figure price. Yeah, it's the one that I was keen on on our preview night is Scandyberg. Um, and if Ollie Murphy's won the race before that with it with uh, itchy feet <laughs> I don't think the 12 to 1 will be around but I know it's completely unrelated but at least it'll uh, it will line him up nicely Scandyberg was my pick on the preview night David Weldon what did you come up with um just two I, I quite like um the first one is great view um now we ran the race two years ago and finished fifth Um he was absolutely murdered coming down the hill and just didn't get a run mm. and missed most of 2019 um but that day he was off 135 that day he's seven pounds higher today but Behind, just in front of him was Hubert's wins, who was one five one Delta Work, who was one seven one over fences and one five two over hurdles, and Glenn Lowe, who was one four one finished second. Um, so like, sorry, he's only two pounds higher here based on on that run, but he had a lovely pipe on the last day. He was well back to Mark Walsh on board at eleven to two. I think Jody McGarvey's going to ride him here, and I think sixteen to one is a massive price for a horse who's shown course form. And I think he has an absolute smashing chance, and he'd be my main one in the race. Mm-hmm. Another horse who ran the same race, punched down recently, which is a good trial, really. Present Percy won it previously before going on to win the Cheltenham, and that's royalty for Henry de Bromhead, who has similar form in the race as well. He Cunio who placed in it last year, and royalty for twenty to one with Bet Victor there, and I think he's only he's only a novice, he's unexposed, and I think he's going the right way. He only needs a couple to come out to get in at the bottom of the weights off of Marco 135, and at 21, I think he's a smash each way chance as well. Could be a ride for Rachel Blackmore as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah she's going to pick up some nice ones. Obviously, that's a Henry de Bromhead, uh, Gigginstown charge is Royal Thief. Um, Gordon Elliott has an interesting grip on this race. All the talk before um, kind of the preview nights kicked off was all about the storyteller, because that one's crept in in what you would call an interesting run to get qualified, but you're going to find lots of them in here, Dermo. You are. I mean, I, I, I'm not fully sure that this was a well-laid plan with the storyteller. I mean, he hasn't showed much form now in, in quite a long time. I mean, of the Gordon too, and Keith Dunne who put him up yesterday in his uh, bookmaker's blog, was yeah. um, side of Burley. Um, you know, uh, he keep was saying that this horse has taken a while to come to himself this season. Um, I'd imagine a bit as well that this has been a long-term plan with him also, I, w- I would say, so that... Uh, I, you just kind of couldn't be sure how much you know he's really been going all out um and his mark is not all that much higher this season as it was last year he runs here here off 152 he won off 145 last year um and with those early errors last year he was good value for that win with the amount of work that he, had, ride he had to put in like yeah. a brilliant ride from barry garrity but he'd a really <coughs> a really willing partner and if things go a bit smoother for him this year uh, seven pounds really mightn't be all that much and i just think he's a better horse than um the storyteller so i don't know why he's a bigger price to us is that where you land then side of bella for you side of bella for you scandyberg for myself and uh sam and a couple from david if you wanted to just wrap up david before we move on there's just just an interesting one there for yeah. uh, Nikki henderson um i backed it at the start of the year one of attempts qualifier it absolutely hacked up um but the plan was to go to hennessy then after it's diablo de Rue. Um, he's off 144 here. I actually don't know what the plan is, but he'd be an interesting one if he showed up because he ran he ran in a match race. He didn't go to Hennessy in the end, or the Labrook, sorry, and he went to a match race against Highest Sun and was put in his place there. But he didn't really jump well over fences, and Nicky came out then and said that he'd be going back over Hurdling, um, and this would be the aim. I don't know if he's in the entries now this afternoon, but if he showed up, he'd probably be a big prize because he's a bit under the radar a little bit. 
for, of Nicky. He hasn't mentioned any stable tours or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So he'd be an interesting one. Yeah, we might not see him during the week at all and maybe you can catch him afterwards. But um, okay, Diablo de Rue, an interesting shout. Uh, should that line up? Let's skip on then to, uh, well, one of the big races of the week, of course, is the Ryanair. Uh, Aplutar currently uh, top in the market with you guys, Sam. Yeah, two to one fav at the moment and mm. could could really start crowning a, a massive week for Rachel Blackmore. Um, we're obviously really proud to be associated with Rachel. We've got that offer that I think we've mentioned a few times. Sure. Uh, open a new bet, Victor account, bet 10. Uh, you'll get 20 in free bets and then £10 every time she rides a winner. And I'd say on the basis of the form book and also the odds, Aplutard's got to be up there as one of her best chances. A fantastic winner at the festival last year. I appreciate that was in way different company, but I think since then that horse has really proved himself to be a, a top-level horse. Um, mm. It was a real shame we didn't get to see him at the Dublin Racing Festival, but I must say I, I'm still not convinced that running there is ideal so close to Cheltenham. Um, people have put the stats through, haven't they? How many winners then went on to run at Cheltenham? I, I, I think it might be a massive blessing in disguise and a firm favourite at two to one. Obviously, Min has his supporters in there around 11 to four, and then it's bigger the rest. Frodon uh, got obviously good experience in this race, five to one. And Riders on the Storm, five to one, one I could not have at all. Uh, personally, I, I think that, that Ascot run is just way too close to the festival and will have taken plenty out the horse. Yeah, I'd echo those thoughts about Riders on the Storm. I think it's a super, super horse to go forward with. But that race at Ascot looked very attritional in the end. Um, I mean, we talked about this on the preview night demo, of course, and Min would be one of my better bets of the week. I just think the Min that raced against Chacan Poursois, that raced against that version of Chacan Poursois, put up a bigger performance than Aplutard did uh, when beating Chacan Poursois the time before. Yeah, this this actually could just be Min's... Uh... Means distance as well. I mean that the former Czech and Persua, that Czech and Persua is very strong. His former Cheltenham behind Altior. I think he's the one that they all have to beat. Mm. Um, there's no more deserving horse than to win a big race at, at the Cheltenham Festival. It is Min. He's he's been the bridesmaid now for long enough. I mean the one doubt, I, the one bit of a fear I would have with him is I'm just not sure how much of this trip um, coming up the hill at the end, how much he will have left, but. That turn of foot, if he can produce that coming up to the second last, he might just be too far clear to be caught. Mm -hmm. um, April Tired has to be respected so much. A really, really good horse. But I completely agree with you, Dean. I think um, the form Min has last time, I think it's better form. And you don't think Frodon will get into the mix this year? Looks a tougher race, doesn't it? Yeah, she, it, like Frodon can kick, but it has to be remembered. I don't think Monley fired last year. And, and then like he ended up beating Azo home. Yeah. And just, yeah, I, I like, I, you can't rule that horse out. Obviously, he's all heart and uh, him and Bryony Frost get on like a house on fire. But you would still say that Min should be. Should I see be. a lot of similarities in Froden and Riders on the Storm, actually, the way they race. Um, and if either of those two get involved in any kind of duel, uh, neither will win, would be my view. Uh, Dave, over to you. Yeah, I, I, the shape of the race, is, it's hard to see. Like the two at the top, Plutard and Min, are the right two that should be at the top. They've shown all the form. Um, if the ground's soft, it probably wouldn't be a million that um, a blue card maybe switches back to the champion chase as well if the ground comes up really soft on, on the Tuesday. I don't like any of the English form, really. Um, Frodon isn't the horse he was last year. Riders of Storm had a really hard race the last day. I can't see him getting over that. And you go through the rest of the race, Chris Stream's not going to run. Delta Workhouse is not going to run. Loading on runners there that are in between a blue card and some of the other horses that are probably going to run. I'd probably just take a flyer on uh, Janica at 16 to 1 
and maybe add in real steel as well at about 16 to 1 as well just as an each way angle into the race because there's going to be more than eight runners and something has to finish third behind the front two so get your four to one place money with That's the current would go would, uh, would real steel going right-handed seems much better though doesn't he he, he probably does and you have to give him the last day as well he was far too bad to be true behind chris's yeah. dream um yeah but the time before that he was he was very oh, good he's so, a brilliant horse you would just wonder that yeah, that, that 60, left-sided nag is the only thing at 60 to 1 you'd just take a chance yeah. that. yeah I'll tell you who I will be chancing if this heavy ground does materialise is St. Calvados. Yeah. Um, I think the way that he can operate on that ground will bring him into the mix in this kind of race and maybe blunt a touch of the class off the off the top two or three. Uh, St. Calvados is a real classy animal anyway, but it's definitely below this grade in a normal running. But at 20 to 1, which it currently is with Bet Victor, if it was heavy ground and being run right now, uh, I'd definitely have that one on site. Brooks Racing Manager on to you this morning, were they? Who? It's Brooks Racing Manager. No. No. Itchy feet. I see what you're I see where you're going, yeah. but it could it could be a great day for them. It could be, yeah. It could, could be. be. I mean if they three even right got, chances. if they got one winner across mm-hmm. the line a couple of places, that would be a, a fantastic day for them. But potentially uh, yeah, I've tipped all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, if they want to invite me into the owner's uh, yeah. box yeah. Uh, for giving them all that good luck. I'd normally have cursed them, in fairness. <laughs> okay. Simply, simply, simply the bets is the one of theirs to be backing you for the festival. Okay. Yeah, that, uh, that that came from the racing manager on a, another podcast Bet Victor were working in association with. So that, that was the that was the nap from him. Sometimes they don't know as much as me, though, about their horses. Well, I, that's your words, not mine. I'll, uh, I'll, <laughs> let you, I'll, let you, I'll let you cast the versions. Thanks very much. I hope all of them run well for them, including the three I've just mentioned, and simply the bets who I've been a supporter of on uh, this podcast in the past. Um, we are onto the stayers' hurdle already. Um, do we need to spend a lot of time on it trying to find out who's going to finish second to Paisley Park, David? Not really. No, um, Paisley wins um, regardless of ground, regardless of how the race is run. I'd say so. People, I heard a couple of people talking during the week about maybe trying to make it a real stamina test. That's just going to suit him. Slowly run race, he'll get there on the bridle and like he did already this year when Summerville Boy tried to crawl around. Um, <clears throat> there's two in the race that I, I would hope to see well uh, from an Irish perspective, and that's uh, Ronald Pump and the Jam Man. Mm. They're both massive prices, um, but they're small trainers, small owners, and it would be great to see them run well when they're taking their chance in a big race like the Stairs. Okay. Uh, Sam, I mean, this horse, Paisley Park, uh, looks relatively bomb-proof. I assume he's in everybody's acres and all the all the bets that people have got on already uh, for the Cheltenham Festival. Um, you probably would like to see this get beat, but from a racing perspective, as a fan of it, you're going to want to see it win. Yeah, I um, I I must confess, a lot of my anti-post uh, bets feature Paisley Park because yeah, I think for as much as this race is always of interest to people. It's very strange now. We don't see, especially in the UK, we don't seem to have an interest in trying to develop longer distance hurdlers. Everyone, you know, refers to a lot of those in opposition as failed chases and that sort of thing. But, you know, I'd be quite happy to own a Big Bucks or a Paisley Park. And I've really fond memories of the race. The similarities with Big Bucks, I think, can be drawn in terms of the market as well. Four to six at the moment. I think you'll get slightly bigger on the day. Someone out there will push him out. I wonder if we'll be brave enough. Um, it was the only horse that you might remember that people wanted enhanced at the preview night that we couldn't enhance because we had taken that it, much. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I think our best hope of getting Paisley Park beat was if Benny DeJoux showed up. Um, now, that seems on the face of it incredibly unlikely at this stage now. 
it would have been a fascinating matchup. But let's focus on what's there. You've got a brilliant horse out in front. If you don't like playing the shorties, it may just be a case of watching or looking at the without markets. We'll be offering our length and the distance market. So if you want to play how far you think pays your win by, I actually don't think you'll win that far. You might get a bit of an mm. extended value there if you really want to try and have a have an educated play. But it'll be a real pleasure to see him win. I hope Apples Jade goes well and what sounds like it's going to be her farewell appearance. Blinkers going on. Uh, 14s, perhaps one for the without markets maybe, or if you want to chance your arm. I think it's really hard to, to get that enthused about anything, even finishing second or third in here. There's there, there are much of a muchness in behind. Yeah, I'd be trying to find a Willie Mullins one to get placed. I think probably where I'd go, Penhill or Bacardi's or something like that, Dermot. But I mean, I'll just be cheering Paisley home, hopefully. Yeah, Paisley wins. I mean, the one caveat, and this is um, Ruby Walsh has said this now a few times, and he mm. said the year that Big Bucks was nearly beaten by Roller Levadette, he said it was like all the jockeys decided between each other, between them, that they were all going to ride this race with no pace at all. And that was the year when Big Bucks had to pull out the most. And he said, collectively as jockeys in the UK and Ireland, they're going to have to decide this with Paisley Park because a horse keeps trying to make it into a stamina test, as Dave said. Some rule boy, I actually think he went a bit too quick um, for the second half of that race and kind of blunted himself at the end. But if they can just crawl around for two and a half miles and try and kick, um, is their best chance? I still don't think Paisley Park gets beaten anyway. Sure. Uh, I'm just going to ask everyone one question just to wrap up because if, if Benny does go, can she beat Paisley Park? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. she can. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, I, I think so. And that's where I'd send her. But Yeah, but she's not. She's going to run the mares. Yeah, if she goes in the mares, yeah. it's, that's a fascinating clash in its own sure. with Honeysuckle. The rate, the rate the same um, with £7 an ounce taken into account. So, Or only a couple of pounds in or whatever. Yep. Okay, let's move on then to where uh, Simply the Bets actually does top the market uh, with Bet Victor in the Brown Advisory, Sam. Um, you've already said it's got a really good mention on another podcast uh, from the racing manager there. Uh, six to one favourite, ten to one bar those, it seems. Um, it seems to be their best chance at the festival, potentially. Yeah, I like the, the, you know, the Brooks has put a, a lot of money in and I speak to Gavin Sheen a little bit because of the fact he's got his association with Jamie Snowden and it's some job. Um, you know, he's very lucky to have that and he's worked really hard. Yeah. And I, I think it'd be nice to see him get a festival winner. He's, he's not had one for a while. You go back to the likes of Cole Harden um, for him and Warren Great Tricks. This race is tough, though. Um, you know, it's easy to feel confident about something that's clear in the market, but I think you've got plenty in there you can make cases for. Um, if Lavag or was to go here, I'd be really keen on her for Warren Great Tricks. She's had a different type of season a lot of people don't think she fires in the spring i disagree with that i think she's just had a different season this year first time i think she's been in a handicap if she was to run that would be of interest at 12s uh beakstown as well i'd be probably having a saver on him i think that horse has been campaigned with a with a festival handicap in mind um certainly shown enough to me first start palms behind sam spinner was fine he then went on and won again before getting injured you've got the form behind champion there as well i, I quite like him um, but yeah, it's a really open event. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, some of the lads' views on uh, who they're putting up. Well, one I really like, Sam, is Bellamy the Pictons, who looks like it's going to get in for Venetia Williams. And the price has been contracting and contracting since uh, we first talked about it uh, on this podcast and at the preview night. Now into around 16 to 1. Um, Venetia Williams loves this race. It's been a little bit, I guess, of a barren spell of her firing in festival winners. But she does seem to have the right ones for this type of race. So that nine-year-old Bellamy the Pictons, um, I thought it ran really well behind Happy Diva at the start of the season and uh, had a little prep run in the recent weeks, 33 days ago. Venetia Williams, 16 to 1, will do me for Bellamy the Pictons. Dave Weldon. 
it's a race I'm really struggling with at the moment. Mm. Um, I think Simply Best is probably a bit short and it's probably making the market and making everything else look a bit attractive at double figure prices. So I'll just run through the shortlist very quickly. Old Grangewood um, will be top of that shortlist, one on New Year's Day at Cheltenham over course and distance, about 16 to 1 shot. He is now, he's on a very high mark of 147, which is £12 higher where he started out off the start of the year, but he is progressive and has a run style that would seem to fly up the hill and maybe catch one in front. Two for goal for Kim Bailey. Looks like Copperhead is going to go to the RSA. That looks strong enough for him. 16 to 1, he might have a chance of 146. Dave likes a good boy, Bobby, who's 20 to 1 and is a decent novice and has run some decent chases. And if, like you think, Twiston Davis is going to have a good week, that one would be a lot shorter on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Dundee for Gordon Elliott and Chosen Mate. Chosen Mate would make a fool out of you because you don't know what Chosen Mate's going to show up. If, <clears throat> if the Chosen Mate that showed up the last day, he'd have a right chance, but he's in and out. Ben Dundee is £6 higher than when finishing third last year in the novice chase. And I think that's probably a bit too much weight for him. And I think he wants the ground a bit better. And then you have two Tafts and Happy Diva, who are both core specialists as well. Two Tafts finished second behind Tully East in the novice handicap going back a couple of years yeah now. I remember it well and Happy Diva was a good winner over course and distance as well this year so just to short list I won't be having a bet till on the day um, when you kind of see how your week going narrow you're, that you're... list down to one though don't you know don't give a six I'd probably stick with Old Grange Old Grangewood at the yep. moment yep. yeah okay Old Grangewood would be the pick but you're entitled to change your mind it's yeah. not happening right now uh, Damon Nolan uh, yeah, so there's two here. Uh, Goodbye, Bobby is the first one. I think he's a horse with uh, an awful lot of potential in him. Um, his his mark really is not too high for what this horse has achieved. And it has to be remembered that Nigel Tristan Davis absolutely adores him. The one caveat that I'd have with him, as much as I think he's probably the best rated and most talented horse probably in the race for me, um, is the last time at Cheltenham he showed a small bit of a propensity to jump to his right. But... Uh, he's not the most experienced horse in the world so that could just maybe be trained out of him next time and he'll go from the front and he could just be very hard to catch here off his mark of 146 because they really thought that this was a grade one animal Um, and then the other one that I have a small bit of interest in here if he does turn up is is Vision Day Flow Mm-hmm. who's um, who's well punted last year in one of the handicaps was yeah, they, for they the really smash him up Coral Cup and he's been a horse who, who struggled who has struggled really so far over fences, which is obviously rare for uh, Colin Tizard. But mm. the run before last time at Sandown, he, he was much, much better. Now, that was that was a nothing contest. There was only two runners. He beat that uh, Rich Ritchie runner for uh, Felicia Williams, uh, Royal Pagale. But he he just he jumped an awful lot better and he made one mistake still. But there is a, a chance that this horse will just eventually figure out where his feet are and sort himself out. If he does, he's very talented. And uh, a 20 to 1 here is a... Big old price. Interesting shout, um, indeed, uh, for the Tizard camp. Okay, um, I'm, I'm, I think I can talk you round into Bellamy to pick Tonstermo by the time we get to uh, get to day three of the festival. Big Venetia fan, but she doesn't have the best festival record of late though either. Does she? No, I, 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 I did say that before. She likes this race, though, doesn't she? she likes this race and waiting patiently. He's rated what one six five. I've like put that. this horse up this season. I'm just not sure how much of him is left. That's all. Well, Bellamy depicts on two and a half lengths behind weight, waiting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, just, um, there's, there's, there's a big race in this horse, yeah. and hopefully they got it right for here. So I'm going to trump you all and leave you with Bellamy depicts on uh, for that race. The Brown Advisory is going to take a bit of solving on the day. And good luck to connections with Simply the Bets as well, of course, because friend of the podcast, indeed. Uh, what about the Mayor's Novice Hurdle? Um, Sam, I might come to you first. It's reasonably open market, but Benella Melody uh, in those same colours that you'll see in the lights of, of Honeysuckle 
um, an interesting runner here and shot to the top of the market after winning at Fairy House. Yeah, I think she's a she's a fair favourite, isn't she? And uh, this race last year, if you remember, if you'd had the TriCast, you'd still be enjoying yourself. I think it was one of those where I think we had Gordon and Willie's horses in there, but they were kind of lesser strings, if you like. And I think it just shows you these are young horses in terms of experience, maybe not necessarily age when you think Corrivi 7, but I think you've got to be a bit careful here. Um, as favourites go, I, I would never be that keen to steam into one, despite what the record of the race previously would have said. Um, I think you've just got to be really careful um, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, the other thing I think that comes into play here is obviously the weight penalties being a grade two. Um, it's not so much people tend to pick up on, but you know, there's, the, the favourite's going to have to give a bit to quite a few in here that are within striking range in the market. Um, you've got both Willie Mullins mares in there, 11 to two, seven to one, Uncle Reeve, who Minella Medi beat the last day. I know Rachel thinks a lot of the horse, and I think she's got plenty of grit about her. I, I just think maybe could be a little this might sound strange but i think maybe the trip might be a little bit short i think she's going to be the type that'll be perfect over a little bit further she's won at it but you look at her last few starts two mile four two mile three two mile two i, I just wonder if even with the hill coming into play she could be a bit vulnerable yeah, I, I think she's a vulnerable favourite for this as well and the one i do like is cole reevey who's um who if you go back has got some some really good bumper form beat abacadabras in a race um, at Punchestown back in May of last year. Um, the run behind Manella Melody wouldn't actually put me off. I think the 7-1 to one is, a, is a fair price going to get involved. You have to sort out a few Mullins runners here, Damo. Uh, yeah, so uh, Mikey Fogarty and David Mullins and our preview night couldn't actually do it between the metres, so it's, um, it is quite difficult. But mm. Dalcita was the one for me who was just completely forgotten about last time. Um, Mark Walsh ended up on her back and she ran a huge race considering her her jumping kind of fell apart at times but with that experience now behind her like that was only her second run over hurdles she'll she should come on an awful lot for that and eight to one not running a bet there bet victor for me just screams value Dolcita, your pick dave well yeah i agree with sam there and um, manel melody's form is all over further i think she might struggle on a two mile two miles around here and for that reason i'm gonna take her on with erdogan for gordon elliott now this horse was um, third behind Manila Melody at Punchstown um, in, at start of December, but that was over two and a half, and she's shown a really good attitude at third as the last day to win, beating Rebel Oak by three lengths, and heaven help us, who won a Cheltenham earlier on the year, was about another length and a half back. Um, she travelled really well through the race and won very well, and I think it's 14 to 1, she's the bet. Yeah, decent price. Ardavan, is that how you say it? Ardavan, yeah. Ardavan, okay, for Gordon Elliott um, in the Mayor's Novices. Uh, my Irish is improving, chaps. Okay, uh, I assume that's Irish, right? Yeah. I'm in a good split. I'm in a good it's place. a wand, though, isn't it? A wand, yeah. Huh? A wand. A wand. A wand. A wand. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like something out of Star Wars. I like it. Do we know what it means? Silence. <laughs> 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 Sam, I don't expect you to help me out with that. I thought maybe the two Irish lads might have been able to deliver. Um, okay, We've let's... had this on the podcast before. Just... That's why I did it. Yeah, and uh, Stephen Cass actually uh, said it to me. It's High River. Thank you very much. There you go. I'm glad you remember and listen back to all these podcasts that we make. Uh, let's move on to the final race then on day three, the Kim Muir Handicap Chase. Um, there's been quite a bit of movement in the, the markets here. LeBroy, Ravenhill at the Acorn and Deese Arbor, who I actually like. And again, I don't know if I pronounced Deesha, that right. Deesha Arbor. Thanks very much. Dermo, why don't you go first? <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is this is uh, some race, absolute grueler altogether. Uh, Ravenhill would have been my one that I would have picked here. Um, seemed to be well backed as well on the day, but that horse now it appears is going for the four miler. 
Um, an awful lot of talk has been about Milan native. Uh, Gordon's mentioned him a few times in the previous night. Just don't think this horse is good enough at all at all. If uh, if Lebray turned up here, he'd be very, very interesting. But again, you'd just be a bit scared that this horse is um, being pitched all out to win the Grand National this year once he gets in. So it's a very, very tough race uh, to actually know who's turning up here. If Fitzhenry showed up, um, I think he'd be very interesting. Um, that run in the Paddy Power Christmas was absolutely huge. He just threw it away late on when obviously poor poor Barry seemed to lose his irons and it was still a huge effort. This horse really deserves to win and Paul Nolan has a bit of a decent team going to Cheltenham, a very small but select team and Fitzhenry here would be very interesting for me mm. as well as the third um, there as well. The Henry de Brom had a horse plan of attack who could be very interesting and Barry O'Neill's book for him who's one of the best amateurs there is so this race is all about figuring out where Derek O'Connor um, Jamie Codd and Barry O'Neill are going and yeah. if uh, Fitzhenry got Derek O'Connor on his back I think he'd be much shorter than he is now you'd be keen which is a, is very obvious obviously yeah yeah. okay and with you Dave Weldon um, Kilfern Cross for me for uh, Henry Oliver um, he finished second in the race last year and he's had a fairly similar prep but they Forget about the last race, Kempton, he finished second, he's beaten 11 lengths, but uh, Kempton wouldn't be a track for him, it'd be too sharp, and I think this track will suit him, and he's 10 to 1 with Bet Victor, there is bigger out there, but um, he's still a bet at 10 to 1 for me each way, I think he has the right profile for the race, and he's still only a 9 year old, and he's off the same mark. Okay, thank you. Uh, Sam, um, I was interested in Ravenhill, but it does look like they're going to be uh, switching targets, but it's right up there at the top of the betting, and uh, what's your views? Yeah, I suppose the, the non-runner, no-bet element, and obviously when we see a bit of money, I think people are a bit more willing to to, to have a go on some of these preview night horses that get a mention and then go elsewhere. You know, you're going to split your stake or at least have a go. I, I really like Ben Pauling's horse. I backed him for the National um, earlier in the season on the say-so of a very good judge of Grand National types. But I, I would be concerned, you know, is Ben going to have him all out for this when the Nationals only, what, three weeks after? Sure. I, I, you know, I think it's a big ask, um, but he will have the assistance of one of the best jockeys in the race. The lads are completely correct to point it out. Uh, the Milan native move, yeah, we've seen a bit of money there. Um, I, I, I'm struggling to see it, really. I, I don't think he's got the sexiest profile in terms of what you'd want to win a race like this but then again there's not a lot that jumps off the page to me either i must say it's probably one of the races i have the the weakest opinion on um in terms of what i think will actually win um i'll just be watching it and seeing what happens i think i don't think i'll be getting too involved but market wise yeah i think the ones we've mentioned are, are definitely the notable ones and jockey bookings will play a huge part as well once they're all confirmed you'll see everything that the good jockeys are on cut by a point yeah, then it's going to slice up a little bit. Um, plan of attack and Disha Abu, which is there, thanks to the pronunciation there from Demo, would be where I'd go if Ravenhill doesn't turn up. But there's lots of question marks still about that race as we run up to the start of the festival. Um, I do need your best bets of day three of the festival, please, before we take a break and then we will move on to day four and Gold Cup Day. Uh, Dermot, I'll come to you first. Can you give me your... Uh, you can give me one or two. Uh, yeah, so like... Um... Melon on the caveat that um, Alaho is not turning up here. Mm -hmm. Melon would be one of my bets mm -hmm. of the day. And then the that would be my each way bet of the day. And my win bet of the day is Min. I echo you with Min, Dave Weldon. Um, a great view on the Pertemps. Great view in the Pertemps. Okay, I'm going to throw Bellamy the Picton, uh, as you know, into that Brown advisory plate. And Sam, give us something that you, uh, you think is going to do the business on the Thursday. 
I'd have a boring win double on Paisley and Aplutard, and I suppose a bit of a sexier price in the profile. I, I, I think you're in agreement here. Simply the bets at, at sixes, probably, okay. in the Brown advisory. Okay, you're taking me on. I like that. Okay, that wraps up uh, day three of the Cheltenham Festival on the Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and Bet Victor. Uh, we'll be back after these messages, and we'll do day four. Hey, Harry. Hello, mate. Put on something upbeat. Oh, I'm useless with music, mate. But if you want to play something exciting, your best bet is to get yourself on that Bet Victor site and check out my new slots game, Harry's Reels. But don't let my mug put you off. A moustache, mate. I've got to pick up the dinner. Harry? Search online for Bet Victor's latest offers. 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. BeGambleAware.org. Son, add a god cod. Hello and welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and Bet Victor. Sam Boswell is here from Bet Victor. David Weldon is back with us for the preview of day three and day four at the Cheltenham Festival. Dermot Nolan is here and it's myself, Dean Ryan. We're going to kick off with the triumph. Um, Solo is the horse that you have to start the conversation with because based on ratings, could be in the champion hurdle, day. Yeah, like on ratings, he's... he's- very well, fair clear, but I just don't believe that rating. Um, beat the Emmett Mullins horse, Fuji Monty Flyer the last day. Did it very well, but that was at Kempton. This is Cheltenham. This is going to be a stronger race, stronger pace. Um, and I'd be looking to take him on at 11 to 4. Albeit, it's uh, you have to make a case for it because Solo was very impressive the last day. Um, outside the top five of this race, I don't think it's a very good triumph. Um, you can make a case the top five are above average, but the rest are a bunch of nothing. And I would not lose the faith yet with Aspire Tower. And I think she's he's a cracking each way bet at eleven to two to finish in the first three. Um the last day at Leopardstown, you could see Rachel went back and watched it last night. Rachel was trying to settle him in behind, mm. trying to maybe make a better race racer of him, and was going to win easily, I'd say, with two or three lengths that day. And if he can forgive the fall, and it was a heavy enough fall, I'd like to hear something about him being well and schooling well at home or whatever. I think they're all systems go. I mean, yeah. I've seen Henry talk a couple of times about his chances over the week and always yeah. mentions that one is fine. The fall wasn't nice, but it's fine. Yeah. So Yeah, so like I can see him sitting third, fourth and Rachel picking it up, coming down to second last and away he goes up the hill. And I think he would be very hard to keep out of first three. Sam might be the man to ask, how is Aspire Tower? Yeah, well, we did a film with Rachel a couple of days ago and, you know, she, she was pretty positive and said, you know, a bit of schooling after that and seems well and set to go here. And I don't know, part of me thinks with these young horses, it'll go one way or other. It'll either teach them early mm-hmm. doors that you don't dive at that sort of hurdle or it might see them go to pieces. And the one thing, you'll, you'll learn your fate pretty quickly because however the horse is ridden, there's so much pace on here not going to be out the back, you know, getting a chance to fiddle one or two. This will be a proper, proper race. Um, I must say, Solo is probably in my top three. I'm very lucky I get to go racing a lot for work. Solo's in my top three most impressive performances I've seen live this season. I don't care what people say, oh, he didn't beat that much, blah, blah, blah. He was just magical. Um, and we big, big, like, well, in terms of our Cheltenham anti-post market, significant liabilities on him. few people took the 16s. I think he was about 10s before the run because we had to trim him up a bit. And then after that, it was a case that we went fours. That was taken. He's ended up 11 to four. Um, it'd be great for Paul Nichols to have a horse. He compared him to Masterminded straight afterwards. I mean, 
that sort of comparison alone has to get you quite excited. Um, next in there's Gushin uh, for the Moors. I, I'm not a fan of this horse. I still don't think he's quite jumping good enough. If you want my, his engines there, I just I've watched him a few times mm. and I haven't warmed to him. All of mankind again. I think Skelton's done a great job with him considering his attitude. It'd be fascinating to see the burn-up that these guys are going to have in front. Uh, and then you've got, obviously, double-figure prices, the rest. But, yeah, it, it's going to be a good race. And I, I think there'll be a lot of a lot of money behind Solo. I think he'll go shorter on the day. Yeah, if Paul Nichols has, has nailed a few during the week, then Solo's going to be very popular. If people just look at ratings, Solo's going to be very popular. But if... I don't know if it's is it a purist pick, Dermo. Is there something about us that says that can't be right, so that can't win? Uh, yeah, no. Like it's um, solo has absolutely every chance, and you know, it's quite a short price. This is a very, very tough race. I mean, the one thing you definitely need on side is your your horse needs to be a good jumper because the pace they're going to go, there there'll be no getting away with it. That's why, um, as much as everything Dave said about Aspire Terror is completely right. He's he's still fallen though, and I just. I wouldn't like that here at all. I think Goshen's going to boil over. Um, and I think all mankind, if they do the right thing, would just be to sit off Goshen. And I think he'd be the one to pick it up. That performance at Chepstow was absolutely monstrous. Um, hammered Cerberus, who Aspire Tower wasn't going to do that, was probably going to win, but wasn't going to hammer Cerberus. And um, so like all mankind to do, do did that day was absolutely massive. Um, and I just think this horse is the app is the real value here. Um, because he'll stay and he'll keep staying. He he jumps well the last time, and I think uh, he'll take a lot of beating. I'm hoping it lashes rain all, all week. I know I'm there, which isn't going to suit the old clothing, but I hope it absolutely lashes rain, because the Psycho's performance last time on heavy ground at Haydock uh, puts him right in the mix here, and Nichols is going to run it against Solo, it looks like, which is another reason for me to get involved. Uh, the prices have been getting relatively incinerated, but still double figures. Dave, you called it a five-horse race. I'll make it a six-horse race. Well, I, I included Psycho on that. Which was the you. one you didn't include then, Wave of the Sea? Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. That picked he doesn't up. jump well enough. He doesn't he? jump well enough, and he picked up a race at Cerberus Dogs. And I know what Dermot was saying about all, all mankind. No, definitely, yeah, agree. Yeah, well, all mankind's beaten Cerberus at uh, Chepstow, but you have to remember that was kicked him out of the way. Yeah, bottomless, mm. heavy ground at mm. Chepstow, mm. which takes some getting. Well, in the preview night, I said, you know, that heavy ground form, all mankind. I'm not totally convinced that it's worth what it looks like it's worth, but this could be heavy. It could be, yeah, especially up coming to Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. That is the triumph hurdle. I'm going to stick with uh, Sir Psycho. You've heard the views of the lads there. Uh, we do move on to the county, uh, which is going to take some solving, Dermot Nolan, but you think you might have one. Yeah. So I think Mohead takes an awful lot of stopping here. Um, you know, he's he he was only nine lengths behind. He's off 153 last year. Uh, won this race off 139 the previous season. Will run off 142 this year. This looks like the whole season has been completely built around uh, Mohead com- coming for this race. Uh, has festival form, has won off higher marks than this. It just all looks to be in this horse's favour. Um, ground won't bother him. He just, to me, looks absolutely rock solid there. As long as his poor runs this season have just been that, that they have been plotted up. The market moves since it, since the, the weights were announced and everything else has has been very favourable. He's now about 12 to 1 or so. So he's, he's definitely a price. And then he's definitely a horse that he'd be one of my much more confident shouts of the week. And mm-hmm. there's another one here as well, Remeluk, who's uh, 11 years old. He's an absolute legend, but he just continues to run really well. That was a huge run in the Bedford Hurdle 
as well. Um, he's been second here absolutely numerous times. It would be a massive win for Chris Gordon, whose horses are flying this season. And about 33 to 1 for him just seems quite big for a horse that keeps turning up and keep, keeps running well. Okay, remember, look at a, a big price. And, and Mahayed, one of your bigger fans of the weeks, uh, certainly across the handicaps anyway. Dave Weldon? Yeah, I, I thought this was really difficult. Um, there's two I like. One is You Raise Me Up uh, for Martin Brazel, who finished third in a good uh, race at the Dublin Race Festival behind those Taylor Gons, Charles Burns. He's 25 to one shot. Some of his back form is, is very nice. And um, he, well, he hasn't won over hurdles. He, he just he has the back form there that just gets him on a nice mark. He's, um, I think he's 129 over in Ireland. So he's, I think he's 134 or something like that in the UK. And the other one then is West Cork, Harry Skelton's, who was off 139. And I, I appreciate they could have other chances in my head or, or whatever, but I think West Cork, novice, he's probably going to get into the race. He's very well regarded by them. And his run the last day at Kempton um, was good. It wasn't great, but I think they were going down the trial. If they won, they'd go to Supreme, or if they finished up second or whatever, they would go to a handicap. And I just think two miles around Cheltenham, on soft ground, will suit him down to the ground. West Cork. West Cork. West Cork for Dave. Okay. Um, Sam, I mean, the market is um, is probably going to tell us all a little bit on the day because you often get a few plunges in here, but it really is normally a, a you know, bookies race. Yeah, I, I think the only one we'd be really fearing at this stage going into the week of Cheltenham, and that will probably change as we get through the week, uh, is Mahayed of Dan Skelton's. Uh, the lads have made some excellent points there. I, I, I think... It, it, you know, Dan likes the race. He's been successful in the race. He knows what he's doing to get winners of the race. It's there for all to see. Um, you know, the, the runs are there. The, the course forms in the book. I, at 10 to 1 at the moment, I'd be staggered if he doesn't go a favour on the day, actually. I think if, okay. as long as Dan's horses haven't run like drains and Willie's not going through the card or, on the Friday or something a bit strange, um, I, I think that'll go a favour. I think we'll see a, a, a swap there. I think there'll be plenty of support ploughing in. Um, of the others, uh, Amaron would be of interest potentially. Um, and we've seen a little bit of money, not a lot, but something um, in a couple of races for Stratum, who's also got some other entries in there as well. And, and would, yeah. would be intriguing, having never run at the course before. Okay. Interesting, those couple. You mentioned Aramon. I think that is a, a grade one horse uh, in here. Off what probably a fair mark, 149. They ran it behind Honeysuckle and Charger the last two times. That former classical dream from last season would certainly put it in the mix. I'm not sure I'd want the ground uh, to be too, too soft, although there's a bit of form in there for it. And Countista, if it got in, who I thought might go for an Imperial and uh, and Cheltenham double, but obviously came out of the Imperial before that was cancelled and could well end up in here. Um I think that's an interesting runner there for Nicky Henderson if it does go in those at JP uh, Green and Gold. Okay, why don't we move on then and tackle uh, the Albert Bartlett. Um, I think my colours are pretty much nailed to either latest exhibition or Time Hill, and I'm siding with Time Hill, although I'd love latest exhibition to win for the Nolans and and the story that it would bring. Um, Time Hill looks a bit of a special horse for me for Philip Hobbs, and that's where I'd be going, and I know it's favourite, but Dave Weldon, you can give me your view. Yeah, no, I agree. Time Hill is a very good horse. This I, I hate this race. I actually hate it. Um, last year I backed. <laughs> it sounded quite emotional there. I, but... I backed Manella Indo in a maiden hurdle at Christmas. Yeah. And I got beaten and then won a fifty to one race and no money on. And before and we that, all like Commander of Fleet last year. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I backed Martello Terror before at Limerick over Christmas in a Grade Two and it won. And then I abandoned it come, come Cheltenham time because I think the form was strong. Well, enough. what have you backed this season that you're tempted to abandon? Because then we'll find the winner. <laughs> That's what I was going, going through with my previous <laughs> bets to try and find one. Um. 
I like that ex- exhibition a lot. I think he is stonking each way bet. I think three miles will suit him. Um, but I'd just be fearful he's probably a bit too sexy for the race now at this stage. Um, there's two at massive prices now. Like one of them needs I I have to give him two and a half a stone off my own body, which I I can afford to do. But <laughs> um, Foxy Jacks from Mouse Morris, he's a hundred to one with Beth Victor there each way. Now he's only he's only rated one hundred twenty three, but he's a good profile for the race. He's run five or six times over hurdles this year. He's progressing every time. He won last time out. He won quite nicely last time as well. And I think 100 to 1 probably overestimates the chances. You don't know what Mouse, like, make sure you get an honor or no bet on that, which it is a bet, Victor, um, because you don't know if Mouse is going to send him. If Mouse sends him, he's going to have a chance. Mouse doesn't send them for the crack. And the other, one, the other one is Assemble for uh, Joseph O'Brien. He was beaten the last day, which I was disappointed with, but on, in hindsight, he'd finished 10 lengths behind latest exhibition at the Dublin Race Festival over 2 mile 6, was dropped back down to 2 mile 4 and was beaten. I think he'll appreciate the step up to three miles and appreciate this slog. And again, has a good number of runs. And he's about 33 to 1 um, for Giggins and Joseph O'Brien. You'll probably get JJ on board. Well, JJ's actually ridden both of these, so it'll be interesting to see what he rides. Um, but, you know, JJ's always pushing and pushing and pushing to get you into places. So there are two outsiders that I have a little interest on, but I think the latest exhibition is the most likely winner. Okay. Okay. Latest exhibition, most likely winner for Dave Well, Sam, I mean, Time Hill's going to be pretty popular with the English punters, I feel. Have you got any fear he could switch? Is there any is there any any slight concern there? Not from from my side. I think they've only ever been talking about uh, this race. I guess the ground, maybe they worry about the but trip. That would be the only thing I'd have in my mind at four to one. I just, I, I think I'd want to back him on the day now. I mean, I know you're getting on and running a bit, but I just would be, yeah. I, I don't know. There's just something sneaky that if things start shaking round. Obviously, the the same yard have got um, Sport and John for that race, but I'd just be a bit aware of that. Um, he's been a popular pick for this race for a long way out. Latest exhibition would 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 certainly be a nice winner, wouldn't he, for Paul Nolan getting back in the big time? Funny enough, I can remember one of the first mm. festivals I ever attended. Noble Prince was the first winner I saw uh, for Paul Nolan, so I, I, I'd like him to have one. The Pipe Horse has been of interest as well. Um, Eight-year-old, plenty of experience, ticks quite a few of those boxes. I don't think he'll be good enough myself. You just need something battle-hardened. These races can be uh, – I can see why people don't like the race. Um, it can be a bit horrific from a watching perspective. Fury Road, Gordon started to seemingly talk up at a few preview nights. Nibbles for that. I'll chuck two up at big prices that probably won't run, but they're non-runner, no bet. Uh, the one I want to give a stronger mention to would be Kiltilly Briggs of Jamie Snowden's. Was due to run at Sandown on Saturday in the EBF final, but that's now gone. Um, so I don't know whether the plan will be to reroute here um, and give the option at 50 to one. He's got plenty of experience. He's a really nice horse. He'll be a smashing chaser. Um, but yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be certainly be interesting going forward. Okay, Kiltilly Briggs there for the Snowden camp. Uh, Dermo, we've had a few scraps about this race uh, in the run-up to the Chantler Festival, including with Stephen Cass, who thinks it's one of the best bets in the meeting in latest exhibition. But, I mean, earlier parts of the season, and now it's at a big price, Fury Road, we can't write it off yet. No, definitely not. I've been saying this uh, since that run, that it just he wasn't travelling at any point. I mean, Keith said this to me on Wednesday as well, that just Davey just said the horse was just ridiculously flat the whole, the whole way around. And... Um, Whatever happened, it just went wrong. But his work since, uh, Keith wrote him last week and he, he just said his work was absolutely brilliant. Um, and he said, though, this this horse can work very well at home and maybe hasn't brought the full shilling yet, although he was brilliant under Keith at uh, at Down Royal. He's just a really talented horse. 
Um, you'd wonder maybe a small bit whether he really wants as strong a test as this, but he hasn't shown that he doesn't wet at Limerick when he made that terrible mistake at the last. He battled back really strong to come back and win that race. And I just think he's a very, very good horse. And whilst obviously you need stamina to win this race, you also need gears to be able to move up through them. And him and time, he'll have that um, definitely. And I think Fury Road, he's very, very good. He, he deserves to be the price he is because latest exhibition should be shorter, really. Um, but definitely not giving up on Fury Road. He's too big a price for me, a 14 to 1 for one, as highly regarded and one that has shown quite a bit of ability so far. And the other one, just, just to give a mention to at uh, a 25 to 1 is Redford Road. He's just far too big a price um, on his form this season. Brilliant over three miles, uh, beat Champagne well very easily at Cheltenham and he just looked very good and Sam Twiston Davis had actually got off on that day and he had uh, Mossy Fenn, Fenn back and forth who's only franked that form since so Redford Road looks very very good here for me and at 25 to 1 you can forgive that last run when it was just back in trip he wants this he's very experienced he has that three miles form now at Cheltenham he won't be wanting at the end and 25 to 1 for a horse like him is just far too big okay interesting shout then at a big big price although i think fury road is only going to contract in price as we get through because everyone seems to be remembering yeah uh, and the, gordon and busting yeah, they're, all all the board, yeah. they're all saying yeah. this horse it, it is good yeah it's a very good sign if you had uh, initial uh, inclinations that that was your one for the race that you can now still get involved looks like it's going to turn up at a big price um, should we mention monkfish i'm surprised monkfish is a shorter price than latest exhibition of the irish runners um I mean, what do you two chaps think of Monkfish? Can it win this way? I've completely discounted it, but maybe I'm wrong. He's more than talented enough, but isn't he just another one of these sex, uh, sexy horses who maybe needs a bit more experience, doesn't he? Potentially so. Is, is the form of his last race isn't great. Like, um, but he won by 20, he won legs, by 20 so legs, so it's hard to know, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he, like, he probably has all the potential in the world and he's unproven to stare, but he came up soft, he'd have a definite chance, but I don't know, does he, like, he's three runs over hurdles, he hasn't really had a race yet. He's not probably battled hard enough. If I was sitting on a 33 to 1 ticket or something, I'd yeah. be very, very happy with that. But getting involved at that yeah. price is I, what puts I, me off. I don't think he's had a battle yet. Right. That'd be my opinion on him. And he's yeah. probably a bit soft. So question marks we don't know the answer to. Um, same with, I guess, the big breakaway looks to have all the ability in the world. And we don't know where that's going to turn up at Cheltenham. But if it turned up here, uh, just a couple of runs, maybe not enough. Exactly. Yeah. Experience again, he wouldn't know. Could he looks up, Ballymore bound, doesn't he? Anyway, potentially, well. yeah. I mean, but uh, probably a horse we didn't even discuss in the Ballymore because of who it's because, likely yeah. to race yeah. against. Yeah. Uh, a horse you're gonna, everyone's going to hear a lot about as uh, as we go forward, and maybe not this festival, but the next one. Um, okay, we are going to do the Gold Cup last on cool. this day four preview. So, does anyone have a view on the Fox Hunters? Mine being, I think Patrick's always wanted to win this. They seem to have lined up Bill away uh, for Willie Mullins. Uh, that's around a six to one chance. Um, if that wins, be great for him. He's actually got a chance of being top jockey, Dermo, I guess. He does, yeah. People have been putting him up big, big prices. Kind of 33, 40 to 1 now. He was 66. I think that's all gone, like 60. Yeah, it's now. just like he'll need to win four races to win it because if he gets three, he won't have enough places. Like somebody else is going to win three races. Like, you think so, yeah. That is going to happen. Mm. Um, so I think um, for him to win, he needs to pretty much hit fire and everything he's on. Like he needs Charger to win, really. You know, he needs... Um, if he ends up riding something like Kenboy maybe in the Gold Cup, Which although I'd expect yeah. David Mullins, you know, like they're they're the kind of races that need to fall his way. But um, I still think Rachel Blackmore is the one to beat in that. Yeah, I think I think we all think she's going to have a massive week. Sam, what is the betting like now for Top Jockey? Yeah, the one thing I'd say about the Patrick, isn't that a little bit of a hipster kind of view? I'll be honest, I think that's... Yeah, be I'm off, signing into the club. Yeah, I, I think you'd be 
better off trying to back him as multis or something because if he goes and has yeah. uh, three out of four in a, in a lucky or a Yankee or whatever, you'll probably be doing much better than whatever the price will be anyway. But um, Very fair point. The, the top jockey market, Paul Townend still heads the vetting at two to one. Pushed Davey Russell out actually a little bit the last few days. Now seven to two. Barry's 11 to two. And if you do fancy Rachel Blackmore, uh, I've talked the traders round with six to one still, which is the best price you'll find out there. Um, they're going to hate me if she wins it, but there you go. Six to one. Nico, who obviously scooped it last time with, I think, three winners in the places. He's eight to one. Mm. Uh, Robbie Powtos. Patrick Mullins with us. This is why I wouldn't be backing him. He's 16 to one. It's too short now. He was 33s. That's way too short. Mark Walsh is in there at 20s. If you fancied someone, a, a bit of a flying price, I'd say. Um, apart from that, it's very hard to, to make a case for many others. But yeah, I, I still think Rachel's probably, if I was having a dart at this market, where I'd be heading at top price six to one. Do you have a, uh, a horse for the fox hunters, though? Because no, like... I'll, I'll be honest, the, I, I try and follow a lot of racing and I love the concept of the Fox Hunters. You've got some fantastic old names in here. You know, if he turns up the likes of Carter Mackay, I can remember backing, um, you know, Southfield Theatre, Don Poley's even, even in there. But I, I don't have a strong view. I'll probably just throw something at a couple of the Nichols runners. That tends to be the, the way I lean. Yeah, I mean, I, I like this race. It's 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 a good thing to have after the Gold Cup is run. Uh, you get to see it all done by the amateurs, which is great. If, if Patrick wins, I think that's a big enough story in this. But you've got Hazel Hill, Manella Rocco in there. Uh, Staker Wallace is interesting for Ender Boulder. Uh, David Weldon, which one would you side with? I'd be with Judy, and I think Bill Away is is probably the bet. Yeah, um, I can't remember Willie Mullins ever having a run around the Fox Hunters. I think it's all been it's all been lined up to yeah. try and get Patrick yeah, I, this race, which makes a lot of sense. I he would, deserves. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Patrick is training as a home um, mm. himself. I would. Yeah, I think the way he won at Nace the last day was very impressive, and I think that performance reproduced would win this. Yeah, I, I think Bill Away is a decent enough shout for that. Dem, I didn't ask you for a selection, but do you have one? No, no, I don't. Uh, the I should have Fox known Hunters, better. You learn your limitations in life, and the Fox Hunters is definitely mine. Fair enough. Uh, we'll be in the bar. Um, okay, the 450 at Cheltenham on Gold Cup Day is the grand annual. Um, I used to like it when it, this was the kind of wrap-up When did job. they change? It was two, three years ago now at the stage, wasn't it? Uh, I can't remember. I think I, Rock, Rock the World won it as a, in the last. Yeah. So yeah. That, maybe that was, was the year. The I was last doing one. my notes today, and like, you got confused Grand because suddenly it came at you sooner than you expected. Why yeah. am I looking at the Grand Isle? Should we be looking at the Martin Piper? Well, give me the winner of it. Um, on the slopes. <laughs> on the slopes, okay. Yeah. Um, good progressive horse. Um, won the last time out and that form's from Frank. He's good, decent form all year. He's been running behind some good horses as well. And he's on a decent mark and 12 to 1, I think, underestimates his chance. On the slopes for Chris Gordon. Dem, I'll come to you. Uh, yeah, uh, Lisp is actually, I'm quite confident on this horse. I mean, what he did last year as a five-year-old, was very, very strong. Fifth in the county hurdle. He has all that experience. He's a pound lower now over fences off 144. Um, he was fifth in the county of 150, 145. He's now six years old, so he should be coming to himself a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, that form last time behind Mr. Fisher and Al Dancer is very strong, um, especially in respect to something like this. And the jockey kind of, when he realized the race was maybe gone a bit, didn't, didn't exactly kill him now up the running. And his mark wasn't exploded either. So... I think Lisp is, um, he'll go very, very closer. Okay, Lisp for you. If Al Dancer wins the Arco, you'd be even more confident, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Let's hope he that. won't, don't <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that happens. Uh, Sam, how's the betting looking for the Grand Annual? Uh, it's kind of like 6-7 to 1 on the field, isn't it? 
Yeah, uh, team for Paul Nichols has been talked up a bit this week and now into around six yeah. one with ourselves. Uh, could see why. Um, uh, Lisp as well, another market mover. Alan King seemed to really hit form at Kempton a couple of weekends ago, and since then I think his his string have been going okay. And I think it's a good time to be to be having those those winners going in. Uh, it, it's a difficult race, isn't it? I mean, look, Great Field could be interesting, couldn't he? I mean, very. Very interesting that he switched. Not that that's going to make too much difference, but if he was to turn up, he had an entry somewhere earlier in the week. I think it was Huntingdon, one of the abandoned meetings, sorry. Um, last week he was entered, but it's, it's a race that is ultra competitive. And I think, you know, if you still not had a winner by this point of the, of the week, you're going to really struggle to find him. I, I'd be looking towards the head of the market, but that's just the way I bet. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, this, like I say, used to be the getting out stakes. And if you were in trouble, it wasn't much of a, of a boon to be staring at this field. And they go clattering around as well. Uh, what's wrong with you? I thought was interesting if he gets in for Nicky Henderson. Uh, I thought he ran all right in it last year. Maybe the ground just didn't come right. Could not come right for him again, of course, this time around. Uh, but what's wrong with you? Uh, I thought he was quite keen on that last year. Maybe it can go a bit better uh, than where it finished uh, that day. So what's wrong with you would be an each way shout. What about the final race on that card on the Friday, which is now the Martin Pipe. Uh, Derma, I've got to come to you first because you told us all last year that Early Doors uh, would win this race at the Channel Festival. And I think I said I'd give up the game if it did. And I'm still here. So yeah, I, I apologize here. for that. Yes. But at least I've remembered and uh, I'll let you go first. You didn't stay true to your word. No, um, the boss's Oscar here for me of 138 is very, very interesting. Um, his form last time French Dynamite has let it down a bit, but I'm not sure how uh, how frantic they were to win that race. He just needed a run, so I'd say they just kind of rushed him into it, and he'll be improving since. Now, in, in the meantime, Keith has put up Column of Fire as his more fancied runner in the race. He's got but a good grip on the race, hasn't he? Gordon? Yeah, but Gordon's won this with second and third strings before as well, mm -hmm. you know. So, like the boss's Oscar for me, that performance at Christmas beating John Snow has won since, and um, that's very strong form. He really galloped home. I think he loved the hill. And I think he's one here that, that he's just very classy and his mark is quite low. And then at the other end of it, uh, of 145, the very top is uh, five o'clock. Uh, the hipsters and everyone else seem to be running into front view, which I completely get. But this front view is jumping is terrible and that needs to improve drastically. Um, there's no doubt that that horse is potentially very well handicapped. But to jump like he's been doing at Cheltenham, you're not winning that race. And uh, I think people have kind of run away with the fact that it's the green and gold and maybe hasn't been trying as much as he could. Five o'clock's been putting away these horses. And whilst he'd be running off a high weight here, all these handicaps are so condensed that I don't think top weight is that much of a burden anymore. Um, this horse is potentially graded class, in my opinion. And I think off 145 here, five o'clock is very interesting. And the boss is Oscar then Dean at the other end of the scale. Yeah, I mean, five o'clock's only got to go and give him, what, six pounds, beating yeah. six lengths last time. Yeah, and all yeah. right, front view's going to improve, but I, I definitely take the angle. Uh, I don't mind them talking up column of fire as much as they want. Uh, it just, you know, keeps the boss's Oscar slightly under the radar, which is never a bad thing. Um, I think the boss's Oscar has a great chance here, as we've talked about plenty on this podcast. Uh, Dave Weldon, are you a boss's Oscar fan? I am, but I'm also a fan of a three or four of them at the top of the market. Yeah, um, it is. well, it's, t it's tricky. Yeah, there's, it's, yeah, there's potentially four or five of these here that are potentially graded yeah, horses that are, yeah. It's probably one of the hottest renewals at Martin Pipe, I yeah. can remember in recent years. Right. Um, it, it usually is, like, but it's not as obvious before the race as it is this year. Um, so the two I'm going to take a chance with because it, it kind of feels like it has potential for boil over as well. Um, Eden De Who with David Pipe, um, a 20 to 1 shot. He's all the back form in there is bump performance point to point form is spectacular he goes through it and just winner after winner after winner after winner and he's a 20 to 1 shot this probably wasn't the plan I think they probably thought he was better than this um, but he's on a nice mark there and I think he 
should run well at 20 to 1. And then Portrush Ted is off 139. He was off the track for about two years, I think, and for Warren Greatrix and Tim McNeils. He absolutely hacked up on his first run back at air. And then he was going to finish at least placed, at least second behind um, Welsh Saint, I think it is. The last aim he fell, still travelling well, and he's 25 to 1 shot. And them two each way pokes will do for me. Okay, a couple of live shouts there. I mean, Sam, are the bookies scared of front views? Does seem to be the one that everyone's been piling into. I, I think you're going to get a few bad results come out of this race. That tends to be that tend to be three or four horses that people want to back. I think Column of Fire currently our favourite at six to one. That's sort of been doing the rounds as being talked up. Uh, Ollie Murphy made a bit of a joke last night. The Betfair preview about that. Um, there's just there's just so much depth to it now. And if you look at the banding, there's so many entered. There's not really too many. I mean, Stratum, who I was speaking about, is in here at sixteen to one earlier on in the other races. There's, there's just there's plenty to it. I mean, Alpha Mix has been nibbled since the announcement that that's gone into JP McManus's ownership. Um, mm-hmm. You know, now 16s, that was around 33s earlier on. You, you, there's all sorts of possible moves that pop up. I did mention for my charity, Brit, I put every breath you take up for Pioneer Racing, who I do a little bit of uh, assistance for helping them them run a fantastic syndicate. And, you know, he he's 25 to 1. But I'll be honest, if the ground's anything like it's expected, he, he'll need it to dry up big time. James Snowden's yeah. really confident about Thomas McDonough. He thinks he'll get a lovely ride. Paige Fuller will take the ride, who has had an excellent season so far. 33 to 1 for, for him. But, you know, he's another that won't actually mind the ground. It, it, by this point in the week, this is the problem now. There's going to be so many different stories to tell. And some of those trainers we spoke about might not have had a winner by this point, you know. And, and yeah. if if someone has a bad week, I reflect back on, was it last year where Gordon didn't have anything for the first two days? or mm. I, and, and then suddenly he had an absolutely sensational late Wednesday, early Thursday. And people were saying, also, oh, the yard's out of form and all this. It can affect the betting so much. Someone can be a very unfancy trainer one minute, have a winner earlier in the week, and suddenly their horses are going off much shorter prices. Mm. Yeah, very true. Um, you know, the, the stories do develop as we go, and it shapes markets in a way that if you can keep your clear head, remembering that the horse hasn't got a clue uh, what's happened over the previous days, you might find a bit of extra value. Um, can we get a, a final selection in that race before we do move on? Uh, to the Gold Cup. The Bosses Oscar for myself and Dermot. Dave Weldon, your final selection. Uh, Port Rush Ted. And Sam, I'm going to push you. Give us one. I'm going to give you Thomas McDonough if it's soft, every breath you take if if we get a little bit of better ground. Both of them around 33s. Yeah, we've got our fingers crossed for you that you're involved in that race with every breath you take. Fingers crossed uh, you get a, a, a decent run and hopefully the ground will be favourable if you do. Um, all right, let's move on to the big one then. It is the day four Cheltenham preview on the race out with bookmakers.co.uk and BetVictor. Sam, why don't you kick us off with the betting for Bet, from BetVictor for the Magnus Cheltenham Gold Cup on Friday? Yeah, obviously this market, the last real shakeup we had was with the news that Native River wouldn't be going. So as it stands, we have co-favourites, Album Photo 7-2. to two. Um, Obviously, we know all about him. Santini, uh, a horse, a proper Marmite horse now I'm going to go with. That's my phrase. I'll wheel out for him, 7-2. to two. Delta's in there at 5-1. to one. Lost in translation, last seen flopping uh, at Kempton, 6-1. to one. Weirdly, Clander Zobo, who won 
uh, that's so impressively is seven to one. Then you've got Kenboy, perhaps the forgotten horse in there at seven to one as well, presenting Percy's tens, Bristol's 20, and then it's much bigger than the rest. Uh, a really, really good renewal if they all stand their ground, I'd say. Okay, I agree. It does look a cracking uh, version of the Gold Cup um, album photo. Been there and done it last year. Will he win it? Can he win it again, David? He can. He, um, can. he has a really solid chance to win it. Um, I would just be... When he ran in the RSA, he felt second last. And when he ran last year in the Gold Cup, I was sitting beside Dermo and he made the same mistake at the second last. It's just that fence just catches him out. I don't know whether because where it he is. He jumps low and yeah. accurate, and if he gets it only a touch wrong, like He's one of those trouble. slick hurdles, yeah. it can right there. Like, just like yeah, and they, they're the ones you want because they can win the the best races yeah. when they get it right. Yeah, but well, I, I just think he might just get it wrong. He's probably a bit clever this year. Maybe he, he'll have learned from his mistakes. But at seven to two, I'm willing to. That's where the take him on, yeah. yeah, based yeah. on that. And the fact, I know he's lightly raced and best mate was very lightly raced when he was winning his multiple gold cups, but it has, it's very hard to win it back-to-back. And just a 7-2, that's where I'm going to draw my line through him and take him on. Um, I was looking at this race, and there's probably only about eight in it that realistically have win chances. So you start Monolee, I don't think you get up the hill. Presenting Percy is a win-only bet at best at 10-1. to um, Zora's A form and his course form would give you a chance and he could take a punt at that price but he's not going to be he's either going to win it or he's going to finish out the back of the teddy I think Kenboy and Clanazobo absolutely hate the place um, would give them really no chance Lost in Translation was my idea the winner but his King George run was a while ago now we haven't seen him since so I would just question I just put doubt in my mind on that one and Santini cheap pieces are interesting he was good the last day he's pretty much rock solid but at seven to two, I don't really want to be taking seven to two of him. So I think Delta Work has all the form in the book this year, and he, I think he is as solid as each way bet as it comes at five to one. Um, you can get a bit bigger out there, um, and I just think he will eat up that last two furlongs at Hill, providing he's not too long back. Elliot has come out and said, and everyone's come out and said that they were given they gave him the wrong ride last year. They were worried because of what happened on the Tuesday that their, all their horses were getting beat up and they wanted to just get him out and let him go up the hill and leave no doubt. And it was probably the wrong thing to do. We've seen this year that he's been coming late and strong and staying really well. Now, Monalee, of course, put Stout into that, but the last day he was very good. He got there really well um, under Jack. Unfortunately, he won't be able to ride him this day. But Mark Walsh is in ample replacement. I think that work for me is the winner of the Gold Cup this year. He is. Do you have no concern that Mark Walsh gets his first crack on this horse in a Gold Cup? No, he's been to Gordon's already to school him around. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Like that. And yeah. Mark Walsh is very capable to get him around the place. I, I, it's not a reflection of who's the better jockey, but I'd rather have Jack on. Oh, of course. Given yeah, yeah. what's happened the last couple of times um, and how he's got it absolutely spot on with Delta Work. Um, he's a fascinating runner. Lost in Translation blew me away at the start of the season with the performances that we saw. And I thought we'd found our gold cup winner as much as i respect album photo santini delta work and the others on the list um if you can forgive him the last run he looks a little bit of value now at six to one but i know myself and dermo rode in with santini in the preview night a cheap piece have gone on since then dermo and um i think you think that's a positive oh massive positive yeah i mean he's a horse that he's just a dope and he needs to be woken up and um cheap pieces will do that for him He'll jump the whole way around and like there's no fear with his jumping, there's no fear with anything else. The lack of experience is my only worry. Not cheap pieces, not jockey, not anything else. I, I think this horse is more than good enough to do it. What this horse has managed to piece together in his few runs to date is huge, absolutely huge. He beat Bristol the mile last time, and as Nicky Henderson keeps saying, Daryl Jacob has said to him that 
Bristol Dumai was off for his life that day and could, still couldn't beat a Santini who's going to improve. Cheap pieces will wake him up because you can see in his races at times he seems to just lose a bit of interest. Um, reminds me of small, but Don Kosick was the same. Um, just kind of, you know, Brian Cooper need, always needed to just keep working with him. So, like, Santini is the one for me. Like, lost in translation, I said it when he won the at Haydock. You have to forgive Kempton, obviously, but he's a horse to me that I just don't see him loving the hill at the end of the race. It's not the physical hill he's gone up it before. It's the three mile two and finishing with that. I think this horse has, has way too much about him um, to actually do that. I think he's a horse then that, that if they follow on to Aintree, he could win the Aintree ball quite easily. I, I think he is a monster of a horse, but I don't think this gold cup will suit him. This is a race that suits certain individuals. And I think Santini is that individual. Yeah, I do as well. If those cheap pieces light a fire up his ass, we could see a serious performance from Santini. I think it's lurking in there. I think he, he only, I saw the ears prick after. He didn't look too slow in that RSA last year. He's like. not no, slow. No, he no. really wasn't. You know, like he went by them both at the second last. And I think Harry Cobden was just on the day was the best of the three jockeys. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew his and plan. And it's fine margins. They're yeah. three very good horses. Three very good horses. Damn all between them. And I think Harry Cobden just got it so right. It was a perfect ride. Be some race game. next year if we got album photo Santini Delta work lost in translation top of the game back. Yeah, it's just this year's Gold Cup is probably it's it's the first good. time in a while we've actually got them all there yeah. pretty much. Bar pretty like, much, yeah. we've known top of the game is out, but the amount of times we've said this year's Gold Cup is brilliant. Touchwood and ah, gotcha. This year's Gold Cup and then literally. Um, it always falls apart. So, yeah, it's just great to have them all there. Sam, are we disrespecting anything in the market? I guess Clanders Oboe is the one that Paul Nichols is changing the path this year to the Gold Cup after last year's performance. He's only gone and won another King George. And how he won the King George, albeit yeah. the strongest renewal, but he blew him away. And I, this is one thing you've got to respect about Paul Nichols. People always say trainers are a creature of habit. Paul isn't afraid to change what he was doing if he didn't get the results he saw. Um, and it's a very different race this year. I think seven to one's too big. I know I put him up on the preview night and I'm probably going to stick with him at that price. Um, the other one I, I'm coming around to, to liking that's a slightly shorter price would be Delta Work at fives. I, I think I can't see it going to anything outside that I, I'm presenting Percy. I, I'm not personally interested in this year. Um, I've just found him so frustrating to try and follow. I appreciate the trainer's got a different view on how he likes to communicate things. And if the owners are happy, I I get that. It's not a problem. But I just find it a a bit of a frustrating one. Um, You know, it was disappointing last year. You can't take that run on face value last year. He may pop up and surprise us. But, yeah, I'm I'm not – if it was really heavy, do we – and. Nigel Swiss and Davis had a good week. Do we suddenly get involved in Bristol Demai at 20s? I, I don't know. It, it, it's curious. I, I just think it's going to be something towards the front of the market. I think the Gold Cup, sometimes we can all try and get a bit too clever. I know someone will point to the likes of Lord Windermere and those kind of renewals, but I think there's too many classy horses in here. You've got a bit of a grinder in Santini towards the top that looks a proper Gold Cup winning style horse in his run style. I, I think there's too much. there's too much at the front. And Delta Work is your, or Clanders Over is your uh, final. I, I, Where are you going to land? I'm going to go for a split stake on the two. Yeah. Really, I think I, I think they'll both be there or thereabouts. I think I'd probably lean at the prices. I think I'd sooner go a bit harder for Clanders Over. Okay, sevens, sevens is just too big. 
Seven's too big for Clander's over. David Weldon, I know you're going to side with Delta Work, and that's where you're at. Yeah, that's me. Delta Work for you uh, would be a, a great thing for Mark Walsh. would be upsetting for Jack to miss uh, that if it wins a Gold Cup. Uh, but the horse um, is is definitely capable. Derma, me and you, it's two votes for Santini this Santini, year. Santini, most certainly. I can't believe we agree on the final race we're going to talk about on the Cheltenham uh, Festival preview here on the Race Hour. Uh, my thanks go to David Weldon, Dermot Nolan, Sam Boswell from Bet Victor. Um, I do need your best bet of the final day before we do wrap up. Um, Dave, do you want to go first? Give us your one or you can give me two if you want for the Friday. I will go with On the Slopes in the Grand Annual and West Cork in the County. Okay, thank you. Dermot? Um... This is this is the day when I have the most fancies, to be honest. Um, well, you know, really. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I kind of all all the, all the races. All there, of them are going to win. This all is of what them, I like to hear. All my tips are going to win. Uh, no, um, if I had to go for a win bet, it's Santini all day long, and and each way it is uh, Mohayed. Okay, Mohayed. Yeah, in the county. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Sam, over to you. Give us your best one or two uh, for the Friday, please. I, I'm going to go for one bet. I've kind of talked myself out of him and i'm just looking at saying reading my notes going what's wrong with you clander's over at seven to one i i, I should have been more bullish i i, I really <laughs> like him um, well, you've, you've come round. that's good I, well I, i've done about a three million point turn but yeah clander's over seven to one this is this is a nuts price Okay, a nuts price, Clanders over in that Gold Cup for Sam Boswell. I'm going to throw Sir Psycho in. I think it's completely overlooked in the market. Still at double figures for the Triumph. And Time Hill will probably be the one I expect to win of all my fancies on that Friday. Thank you very much. This has been the Race Hour podcast brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk and Bet Victor. Uh, just remember, myself and Dermot and whoever else we can rope into the mix will be podcasting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They won't take you ages to listen to. And do to say it. hello if you do see us. They will be at fun. Uh, yeah, do say hello if you catch us at the Cheltenham Festival. We look forward to seeing you all there. And Sam, of course, we will catch up with him when we're there. David, have a great week and uh, best of luck, everyone. You too, lads. Best of luck. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Your best bet for tips, news, and bookmaker reviews. <laughs> <laughs>